As I look back on this road that I've traveled, see so many times He's carried me through. If there's one thing that I've learned in my to sing that song at the beginning of my message this morning because the title of my message this morning is our Redeemer is faithful and true <laughs> and that song is a song from back in the day um, how many remembers that song well, Stephen Curtis Chapman song and I just want to say to you this morning after yeah, some of you that you weren't even born then that's okay it's all right but I'm thankful that we serve a Savior a Redeemer faithful. He's true. 
turn to someone this morning and say, I serve a Savior who is faithful and true. Yeah. Yeah. He's faithful and true. He's faithful and true. It's so good to see everybody here this morning. We had a good time in the men's breakfast yesterday morning. Kids, you're dismissed as Pastor Matt and the rest of the team are meeting you back there for your time of children's ministry. They do such a wonderful job. God bless you guys. Yeah, give them a good hand. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Thank the Lord for Pastor Matt and his team. Just loving on our kids and teaching them about Jesus. Um, had a good time, like I said, uh, this past, yesterday morning at the men's uh, fellowship breakfast. And also Thursday night, we got together, some of us folks, and played some games and had some snacks in the fellowship hall. All of that is part of our Life Together groups, and I hope that you'll be part of those Life Together groups. As you saw in the announcements, there's always something, an opportunity for us to get together for some enjoyable times, certainly through uh, funds, fun games and, and, uh, uh, and through uh, fellowship and eating foods, through times of Bible study and, and studying God's Word. We have some things going on tomorrow night. You can see Jim Guy and Deborah Guy about that, the ladies' Bible studies, all the different things we have throughout our homes, throughout our community. If you're interested in doing something more than just on Sunday morning here at Faith Assembly, we have all kinds of opportunities for you to do so. So I hope you'll sign up for that as we continue to grow in our relationship with the Lord and uh, with one another and uh, just grow to be the church that he's called us to be. There's some popular catchphrases that I want to throw out at you this morning. See if you can help finish the sentences here. These little catchphrases, these really common things uh, that we hear all the time. Uh, you guys finish this up. I'm going to start it. You guys finish it up. What's good for the goose? <laughs> See, you know that, don't you? Where there's smoke? Mm -hmm. Or barbecue. Uh, don't knock it till... Mm -hmm. That's for me to know and... Yeah, I hate that one. There's another one that's kind of been popular lately that really is just kind of one word. You ever heard it? It's people say 100%. You ever heard that? Yeah, it, 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 people say it a lot. In the last few years, if you're going to come up to somebody and say, man, you know, that was just a really great, uh, a really great meal that we had. Someone would say, 100%. That's just their way of saying, absolutely, you're right, I agree with you. It's a way of saying that what you just said is true and accurate. That's kind of a more popular catchphrase. You'll probably hear it now more now that I've made you aware of it. Uh, it's 100%. Uh, but really, when you think about it, very few things are 100%. Very few things are truly that. Even ivory soap <laughs> only claims that it's 99.4% pure. So that's even not 100%. You know, there's an old joke that says there's two things that you can rely on that are 100%. You know what they are? Death and taxes, right? Absolutely. Now, death, I agree with. Taxes? I mean, if you're clever enough and dishonest enough, you can probably avoid that, at least for a while. So, yeah. But in addition to these two, death and taxes, um, I want to add something to that, that we can be absolutely 100% guaranteed it's a fact. In fact, it's at the top of the list of things that are 100%. Our Redeemer is faithful and He's true. In fact, there's nothing more important than that. That's a foundational thing for us. I want us to pray uh, this morning as we uh, begin our time together in studying God's Word. Father God, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your faithfulness to be here, that you're inhabiting, you have inhabited 
our praise here today, our worship. And Father, we've come into this place. Many of us um, have had a full week. We've had a busy week. We've, we've got some things coming up this week. And this, even though it's the summer, it, 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 things should lighten up a little bit. They just don't because there's demands on our lives at every turn. So, Lord, we pray that in this time of um, this oasis, if we can even call it, of rest, as we come to this, this watering oasis in the desert of our busyness, we've come and we've gathered here today to center ourselves on your word. Your word that's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. It's, a, it's, it's strength to our bones. It's, it's, it's health to us. It's, it, it, it orders our steps. It comforts us. It corrects us. It instructs us. It encourages us. All of those things. And it's something that we've heard here before today, maybe some of us, but Lord, let it be a now word today. Let it be a, a rhema word for us today as we're reminded that you're faithful and you're true. Father, we thank you today that in the midst of all that's going on in our world today, when all around us is sinking sand, that we have built our faith on Christ the solid rock. So, Father, today we, we look to you and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to open up our hearts to receive this encouraging word here today. And we lay aside every distraction. In fact, we lay it at your feet. We don't lay it aside to pick it up later. We lay it at your feet to leave it there. And instead, Lord God, help us to pick up the things that you would want us to pick up to equip us today. So that as we walk out of here later on, that we've exchanged that stuff we brought in for the stuff that you would have us to uh, equip ourselves with. So we thank you for that in advance of all you're going to do today. And we love you. We love you, Jesus. And everybody in this place said a good hearty amen. amen. Now, I know it's been a tough... Uh, a tough and challenging last few years, uh, unless you've been living under a rock the last few years, it has been quite a journey, not just for uh, the church, not just for our community, not just for the United States, but for the whole world. It's just like it's just been turned upside down. You know, as things change in life, you can look back on history the last 100 years, and there's been quite a few changes, but it seems to happen a little more incrementally and a little more of like uh, sustainable. You can keep up with it, if you know what I'm talking about, you know? Oh, I know how to work a microwave now because a microwave came kind of by itself. I remember when the microwave came out, my parents got a microwave. It was this big, beautiful machine that you could throw something in and 30 seconds later, you could eat. It was wonderful and a wonderful invention. And things like that that continue to be uh, invented are, are things maybe that are changing in the world that you maybe make adjustments to, either they're political or, 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 or whatever the case may be. It happens to the point where you can kind of keep up with it. You know, it's not like you're getting overwhelmed with it, but it seems like that in the last few years, things have changed so quickly, and not just in one area, but in a lot of areas, almost every area it seems like, that it's hard to keep up with, and as these things keep kind of being piled on top of each other, you just are having a hard time keeping your proverbial head above water to keep up with all that's going on. How many, am I the only one that's experiencing that? Are we uh, in this room together saying amen on that one? It seems overwhelming, doesn't it? It's hard sometimes to rest. I'm going to just 
hang out on that word for just a second, to rest, to rest in the fact that God is still in control. God is still in control. Can I just remind you again that in spite of all that's going on in the world today and how it's impacting your life, that God is still in control. God was faithful yesterday. Thank God for that. God is faithful today. And guess what? God will be faithful in all of our tomorrows. Because our Redeemer is faithful and true. I want you to turn with me to the book of Job. Yeah. I want us to reflect on the life of Job for just a few moments today. I want to see, this. there's this one thing that, that I want to pull out of this big, big book of Job. A lot of chapters there. I'm not going to cover the whole thing today. Thank God for that, right? I think there's like 42 chapters. You know what? Can, you guys got some time? You want to stay here? Okay, let's take it from chapter 1, verse 1, all the way. No, I'm kidding. We're going we're gonna, to, I want to pull out one verse, though, that I think is really going to be helpful to us today. Um, as, as it applies to I me, mean, this, this man lived thousands of years ago. But his circumstances, his life is no different than many of us than what we're going through in the world today. I'm confident that as we leave here today, that we're going to be encouraged uh, with a greater reassurance that God is faithful in our lives. As I just sung about our Redeemer, it's faithful and truth. You're taking notes today. I want you to write down, God was faithful. Now, if we just ended it right there and we said God was faithful, we walk out of here, we would be the people of greatest despair, wouldn't we? If it was just all in the past that he was faithful. But let's look, look for just a moment at his faithfulness in our yesterdays. We see in Job's life how God blessed him. If you know the story of Job, he had it all. He had a beautiful family. He had great prosperity. He had great wealth. He had respect and he had influence in his community. And all of that was built upon a deep and abiding relationship with God. Job 1.3 sums up his life this way, describes him as he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. That's something. That's just like saying that he was the greatest person in all of the United States. He was the greatest person in all areas of his life. But then Satan saw that, and as you know the story, Satan went up to God and said, yeah, you know what? Job is only serving you because of all that greatness, that prosperity, that popularity, that influence, that wealth. Satan asked for permission from God to strip all of that away, to disrupt his life, to make things challenging and difficult for Job because it was Satan's belief that Job was only loving and serving God because of those blessings, because of that favor. But if they were all taken away, certainly Job would turn from God. So God permitted Satan to strip it all away and turn Job's world upside down. Job lost his children, tragically, his wealth, his health, his friends, his influence. Job lost everything within just a matter of moments, by the way. But through it all, as we know the story of Job, Job never turned away from God. 
Now, that doesn't mean that Job didn't struggle because there's chapters upon chapters of him trying to understand what was going on. Job cried out to God. Job questioned what God was up to. Job wrestled with his thoughts and his emotions as he conversed with a few men, well-meaning men, who tried to help him make sense of it all. But Job not once denied or rejected or turned away from God. Job chapter 1, verses 20 through 22 I want to read these few verses for you to kind of give you an idea of where he, where he was at that moment. At this, in other words, at the loss of everything, as he got the reports that all of his herds and cattle were stolen, his children died in a tragic accident, and, and, and everything was gone. At the loss of, at the reports of all these things that happened, at this, the loss of everything, Job got up, he tore his robe, and he shaved his head. And then he fell to the ground in worship. And said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I'll depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Hmm. And Job, in all of this, didn't sin by charging God with any wrongdoing. Now, that, that's really wonderful. I hope that we could be that way. Job trusted God through it all. Job remained confident that God was faithful and true. Now... Again, in the larger arc of his story, we see that we have this luxury of seeing what all happened in Job's life as he wrestled through, as he lost all that, as he was conversing with his friends. Ultimately, hindsight being twenty twenty, we can read his story and see that God eventually restored back twice as much to Job of what he lost. Job 42, verse 16 says, after this, Job lived 140 more years after he got all the stuff back twice, double what he had lost. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation grow up. And so Job died an old man and full of years. That's a wonderful verse. And so again, we see this hindsight of his life saying, wow, that's wonderful. But what about me? I, I'm struggling. I'm dealing with some stuff. How, that was Job. What about me? God was faithful. God is faithful. God will be faithful. Let me just kind of lay that out for you one more time. And I'm going to say it many, many times for us this morning just to make sure we get this. But there's this key verse that's found right in the middle of Job's discourse of his life. He started in chapter 26 saying, man, all this good stuff was going on. Let me just give you a review of my life. And he was talking to his friends about it. And I want us to look at this one, uh, two, three verses here that Job was describing. He was he was pivoting. He had, he had been talking about all the stuff, all the wonderful things, his blessings, his influence, all the stuff that God had blessed him with. And then he started to pivot. And we look in Job 29, verse 18. And here's this is kind of a pivot section of his, of his dialogue, of his discourse of his life. And he said this. He said, I thought to myself, I will die in my own house. My days as numerous as the grains of sand. My roots will reach to the water and the dew will lie all night on my branches. My glory will not fade and the bow will never ever, or I'm sorry, the bow will ever be new in my hand. Now the message translation puts it this way, which is a little more uh, conversational. Somebody say, say it this way, let me read it. It says, I thought I'll die peacefully in my own bed, grateful for a long and full life. A life deep-rooted and well-watered, a life limber and dew-fresh, my soul soaked through with glory, and my body robust until the day I die. That sounds great, doesn't it? That's what he thought. So, so we can kind of, kind of crawl into his 
into his thinking because as he started in Job 26, he, he'd been reflecting on his life before the wheels fell off of his proverbial wagon of life, you know. Things were really good. He had a great family. He had great wealth in which he was able to help others in need. He didn't just keep the money to himself. He had great influence. And that influence was also used to leverage those and to help counsel people in their times of struggle. So he didn't, he wasn't selfish in his blessings. He, he was a giver. He was fit. He was healthy. He was robust. He was, he was on top of the world, as they say. And he thought, based on Job 29, that things would just keep going that way, you know? Healthy, strong, rolling right along with no challenges or speed bumps or difficulties until his final breath as he looked back on a life full of blessings and favor and prosperity, all from God and all for his glory. Now, this verse gives us, again, this insight into what he was thinking, and there's really certainly nothing wrong with that. I would, I would like to live a life like that. Who would, 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 you, would you like to live a life like that? Sure. Never a speed bump, never a trial, never a challenge, blessed in all ways and being blessed so that you can be a blessing and living healthy until the last breath and all of a sudden you just go, man, everything was great. Who wouldn't want to go through life pain-free and blessed in every way by God? But Job didn't, God had other ideas for Job. <laughs> God wanted to show Job something and teach Job something about God and about Job that not only benefit Job in his life, but also that story is there not just to say, poor Job. Well, Job, look at Job. How about us? We can apply Job's issues and situations to our life. Those stories and all the stories in the Bible are there for us as we can apply it to our life. So here's what I want us to, to look at this morning. Because God got Job's nest a bit uncomfortable. Job thought he would just die peacefully, it says, in his own house. But God had other plans for Job. Now, last week, if you remember, we were reminded in the midst of, of the problems that we go through that really what God is actually doing is he's setting us up for a promotion. Every problem is a setup for a promotion in God's kingdom. Every struggle that we face has a purpose in God's economy. He's getting us ready to soar to higher heights in him. Very familiar scripture that I'm getting ready to read to you in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. It says that God gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I like this part here. This is where we're going to hang out for a minute. They will soar on wings like eagles. Keep that in mind right there. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let me tell you a little something about how eagles learn to fly. Yeah. Don't they just jump out of their nest and sprout their wings and off they go? No, they don't. Nope. This is how eagles learn to fly. About 10 to 12 weeks after eagles hatch, they are ready to get out of their nest and to fly. About three months later, they're ready to go. But they're not going to do it on their own. One day, the mama eagle, who had been faithfully coming for three months with food to feed them, comes with no food in her beak and soars above the nest in such a way where the winds catch the wings and pretty much the mama's just kind of 
hovering, catching the wind just right, over the nest. And the little eaglets are going, what are you doing? Where's my food? But there's no food in her beak. She's just modeling for the little eaglets. These little things that you guys have on the side of your bodies, they're not just useless appendages there. This is what you do with them. You see, if the eagles aren't modeled by their mama and their daddy that they can fly, they're not going to learn on their own. Did you know that if they're not modeled how to fly, they will end up walking around like turkeys on the ground and never fly? I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily want to live my life as a turkey. I'd like to figure out how to fly. Yeah. If you were to take a little eaglet away from his parents when he was newborn, go ahead and feed him and all that, that bird would never learn how to fly. It, it would learn how to walk and it would do like a turkey and it would every once in a while look up and see those eagles flying up there and they go, wow, that's really something. Oh well. And then just continue to walk around and just scavenge for food that way. They would never learn how to fly. They would never connect the dots that they have those wings to the exact same thing. It has to be modeled for them. In fact, it has to be really forced. What I mean by that is this. The mama hovering over showing the, the, baby, uh, the baby eagles, uh, uh, they start to get hungry because she's not bringing as much food. So there's a little bit of a motivation that's going on there. If I'm going to eat, I'm going to have to figure out how to get out of this nest here. There's a little bit of a motivation that's going on. And eventually the mom will take the next step and do this. Now, if you've ever seen an eagle's nest, they're huge, really huge nests. We think of a little bird's nest and they're so cute, you know, little thing like that. These eagle's nests are giant. And they also build them on type of, 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 of cliffs or really tall, mature trees, way at the top, 50, 75, 100, 125 feet, way up, really high. Big, beautiful nests. And what the mama eagle will do is to get on the edge of the nest and maybe lure them out, maybe some food, lure them out to the edge of the nest and do a, literally a bait and switch on the, the, the little eaglets. The, 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 the mama eagle will, once that little eaglet gets to the edge of the nest, bump that eagle out. Bump it out of the nest. And the, this little eagle is trying to figure out what to do. And before that eaglet hits the ground, mama eagle will come swoop up and catch and put that eaglet back in the nest and do it over and over and over again. You think those little eaglets would learn that if I get to the edge of this nest, my mama's going to butt me out, but they don't because they're hungry. They're trying to get lured by the food. So mama does that over and over again and starts getting them the understanding that this is, this nest is not where I have you. This is not your permanent home. And so then the mama takes the next step. She begins to remove these soft feathers and the leaves that cushioned that beautiful nest and was so comfortable. Oh, oh, mama, thank you so much for making them. What are you doing? Why did you throw that feather out? Why are you throwing those, those leaves out? It's starting to get a little stickly, prickly, uncomfortable in here, mama. And on top of that, she'll actually take some of those little sticks in the nest with her beak, she'll break them in half and stick them up like spikes in the nest. That's what eagle, mommy eagles do. It's like eagle dearest, mommy dearest. What's going on here? It's like, sicko, mama, you know? What are you doing? I thought you loved me, mama. 
But now you're making these sticks stick up and the soft, the feathers are gone and the leaves are gone. I, who'd want to stay there? Mama knows exactly the way that the eagles are going to learn to fly is to make them very uncomfortable where they are. They're hungry. Their nest is prickly. And they're kind of getting tired of being thrown out of the nest. Which brings us to where we are today, all of us in this place. Because we're living in a very uncomfortable time, aren't we? God knows how we've lived up to this point is not what we're going to need going forward. God knows that the nest that we've been in is not our permanent home. And he's making things uncomfortable on purpose for you and for me to get us ready to fly, to get us ready to soar. We're not going to learn to soar like an eagle on our own. We're going to stay in that nest, aren't we? Just human nature is because we're going to go to where it's the most comfortable, aren't we? We're going to just find that little comfortable spot and hope that it just stays that way for the rest of our life. But, but God's a loving God and he says, no, there's actually something that I have for you. And the only way you're going to learn to do it is to, for me to get your nest stirred up. So sometimes what we need is a good stirring of the nest, don't we? Sometimes what we need is sometimes to get a little hungry, don't we? Sometimes what we need is to be in a situation, maybe tossed out of our comfy nest, where we need to trust that God is there to catch us and to teach us along the way, don't we? What we need is to learn how to soar like an eagle, and that's what God's goal is for us, so that we would mount up with wings like eagles. What we need sometimes in our lives is some divine disruptions in order for that to happen. God was faithful to Job. He, he was faithful. But, but the criteria for God's faithfulness, I mean, just hear me out this morning. Listen to this. The criteria for God's faithfulness in our lives is not our comfort, it's not our blessings, and it's not our ease in life. If, if, you're, being, if, you're, if you're enjoying a life right now of comfort and ease, praise God. But the criteria for God's blessings are not those things. Oftentimes, in fact, we see God's faithfulness in our struggles and in our trials, don't we? In fact, the only way I think that we're going to surely going to see is faithfulness and grow in our trust to God is to, and to run and not grow weary, to walk and not faint, to soar like eagles is in those trials and it's because of those trials. Because just as much as God was faithful in Job's life, we can also be assured that God is faithful. Not just in Job's life, but in our life. Uh, the author of Lamentations, the prophet Jeremiah, he had just gone through a list of pretty terrible things that he experienced. And then he said in Lamentations 3, 19 and 20, he says, I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. If we dwell on the things that are going on in our lives, the things that, we've, that brought us to where we are in this moment today, on this Sunday morning, if we allow those things to control us and to steer us and to guide us, we're not going to be able to soar like an eagle. We're not going to be able to remember his faithfulness because all we're dwelling on is the awful stuff, the things that have happened in our lives. That's what Jeremiah was doing. He was reflecting on the affliction and the bitterness and all that stuff was causing him to be downcast. But then he pivots in verse 21 and he says, yet this 
I call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen? You know, it's good. It's good to call his love and faithfulness to mind. In fact, it's a necessity in this day and age. If you dwell on the negative, if you dwell on the heartache, if you dwell on the despair, if you, if you are consumed with the news of the day and let that steer your heart and your thinking, you're going to be downcast and you're, not going, to get, you're going to get stuck in that place that, that Satan wants to have you. But if you're going to soar like an eagle, yet I'm going to call to mind. I'm going to make myself, I'm going to rehearse the things of God's faithfulness and His goodness because not only was God faithful, but I know that He is faithful today. He's not changed. We hear a lot of news about a lot of troubling things today, but yet call this to mind. Our Redeemer is faithful and true. Won't you say that with me? My Redeemer is faithful and true. Call it to mind. Say it. My Redeemer is faithful and true. Say it again. My Redeemer is faithful and true. Let that be something that we rehearse in our minds and in our spirits all day. And when the stuff comes our way, when we start getting into despair and feeling like it's sucking us down. But wait a minute. My Redeemer, I'm reminded again today. And I will remind myself that I have a Redeemer who is faithful and he is true his compassions will never fail us they're renewed every morning the Bible says we just read that limitations we get a fresh batch of his love and faithfulness every morning have you ever gone to a bakery early in the morning oh man uh, nothing like it just take a whiff right you just, you just want to live there I just set up a little tent and I'm just going to stay there That's, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm good don't bother me anymore. You, you just that, that stuff just engulfs you. Nothing like fresh baked yeast rolls, cinnamon rolls. All that. am I making you hungry? Yeah. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know we say I gotta have some of that. How many's ever walked into a bakery? You really weren't thinking that you were gonna, you know, need anything. But boy, by the time you got in there, you walked away with a dozen of about everything they had in there, right? <laughs> Because, because you're just consumed by that beautiful aroma. Stale bread is for the birds. <laughs> Literally, it's for the birds. <laughs> Give the stale bread to the birds. Give me the fresh baked stuff, amen? We don't get yesterday's love and faithfulness from God. I'm thankful for yesterday's love and faithfulness, but I'm not getting today's love and faith. I'm not getting yesterday's love and faithfulness today from God. I'm getting today's love and faithfulness. Because they're new every morning, right? Was God faithful yesterday? Yes or no? Yes. yes. But, and I'm so thankful that, that he was faithful yesterday. It was good. It sustained me yesterday. I needed it. But he's faithful today as well. It's a fresh batch of it every day. His faithfulness is fresh. It's new every morning. And it's enough to, stay, to sustain us for today. He's got a new batch of it tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. The Bible says it'll take care of itself. I'm going to focus on today. God, you're faithful today. I'm not going to worry about it. Smell the freshness. Just, just, take a, just take a deep breath. Go ahead. Did you smell his faithfulness? Lord, help me to smell your faithfulness right now. 
What does that smell like? Ah, I want to smell your faithfulness today. Lord, help us to know what that smells like. Smell is love for you. It never gets stale. It never gets old. It never gets moldy. In the midst of all the rottenness and all the upheaval that's around us, we can go to the Lord for fresh, a fresh batch of faithful love today. Uh, uh, because our Redeemer is faithful and true. Amen? You know, God was faithful in our lives. Look back just a moment. I know you're probably thinking about some stuff. Wasn't he faithful? Wasn't he faithful in your life? Aren't you thankful that he was faithful? Even when you thought he'd forsaken you in those moments, you can look back, hindsight being 2020, and see that he never left you. He never forsook you. He was faithful then. He was there the whole time. He was remaining faithful and true in your life. He was making you hungry for more of him. He was removing the feathers and the leaves and making things prickly in your nest. He was simply getting you ready for you, getting you ready to fly higher in higher heights in him. He was divinely interrupting your comfortable life to get you to grow up in him more, to trust in him more, to be assured once more that God is faithful and true. Based on that, based on that he was faithful, we can know that he is faithful in our current struggles and challenges. What are you going through today? Has God changed in his approach to us and how he's faithful? No, absolutely not. Was he faithful back then in your life? Yes. You can see that, right? Even though it was hard, he was faithful, right? There's no shadow of turning with him. How he was faithful then is the same exact way that he's going to be faithful for you today. You can count on it. Oh, this is different circumstances, Pastor. You just don't know. I don't have to know because it's not based on circumstances. It's based on who he is. He's faithful. He's true. Circumstances may change, but he doesn't change. There's no shadow of turning with him. He's faithful. He's true. My God is faithful. My God is true. Say that with me. My God is faithful. My God is true. He will not. Your current struggle is preparing you for promotion in him. That's all that it is. He wants, to, he wants you to experience greater greatness, higher heights in him. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I, I like that every good and perfect gift is. Not every good and perfect gift was. Not every good and perfect gift will be. But every good and perfect gift is from above. It's today. It's right now. It's as you need it. It's fresh. His 100% guaranteed perfect gift of faithfulness is today, right now, fresh for you. God's dependable. He's constant. He's faithful. He's true. He was faithful. He is faithful, which then gives us hope. And because of this fact, we can know with 100% confidence, 100%, 100%, God will be faithful. God will be faithful. In all of our hardships and struggles and every trial that we face, in every challenge and season of life, there is one thing that we have learned, that God is faithful and true. Just like I sung, my Redeemer is faithful and true. He's merely trying to get us out of our current nest, our current place of comfort. He's giving us examples of those who've come before us in His Word, stories like Job, of how, of how, of how, really of how we can, really how we must and really have we been designed to fly. God is not calling any of us to be turkeys. He's calling all of us to be eagles. 
There's a lot of turkeys out there. I don't want to be a turkey. I want to be an eagle. You know, I, 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 I don't know. Is he, making, is he making you hungry for him? Is he, is he not quite bringing the food to your nest like he used to? Is he causing some things to get a little prickly for you? Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Oh, what are you hungering for today? The things of this world, they won't satisfy. They're Twinkies and Ding Dongs. There's nothing there. The things of, the things of God and His kingdom. Man, that's some good stuff that will stick to your bones spiritually. Right? He's preparing you today for a promotion. I want you to turn to someone today and say, God is preparing you for promotion. Yeah. That's right. See, what he's doing is he's, he's moving you out of your current comfort to get you ready for the next level of heights in him. You ready? He's, he's bumping you out of the nest. He, he's, he's, he's wanting you to fly. Oh, well, pastor, I've already done that. Well, he's, he's got some higher heights for you. There's always room for growth. There's always room for stretching. There's always room to get a little uncomfortable in him so that it motivates me and makes me hungry and moves me out of that current nest. And I'll tell you this, that God can be trusted. Even when he doesn't give us an explanation, even when he seems a million miles away, even when we feel like we don't deserve it, God can be trusted. Because he's faithful and he's true. God's got this, people. God's got what's going on in the world today. God's got what's going on in your life today. He'll give it to him. All this going on in our world today, all this going on in your life, just be encouraged. Let me just help you here today. Stay, just steady yourself. Just steady. Steady yourself in him today. Continue to trust in him today. God was faithful. Thank God. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness that, that's brought us to where we are today. Amen. You were faithful. God, we thank you that you're faithful today. You've given us our daily bread. You've given us the breath of life. You've given us salvation. You've given us all that we need. You're faithful. You've given us your peace. You've given us your strength. You've given us your word. You've given us all that we need to live a life that's victorious and, and profitable and, and effective for your kingdom. You are faithful. Thank you that you will be faithful. Based on that, because you're consistent, there's no shadow of turning with you. <laughs> you will be faithful. You will be faithful. You know, I can say that he was and he is and he will be faithful because faithfulness is not something that he does, but faithfulness is something that he is. Totally different. Just like I sung about in the song today, he's preparing a place for us. That second verse, I don't know if you, you caught that. He says, you said in your word, the promise is you're, you're preparing a place for us. And the ultimate faithfulness that we can count on and be assured of, that Jesus is coming back. Amen. He's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for you and for me. His word can be counted on. His promises are sure. And Jesus is coming back. The trumpet is going to sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up in the twinkling of an eye. And the ultimate soaring will take place. We will soar to the highest of heights for all of eternity will be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. One day, 
He's going to return and he's going to take us home to be with him forever. That's going to be our ultimate promotion. And I just want to read to you one more passage here as we um, begin to land this plane. One day Jesus is going to be the rider on a white horse that's going to come set everything right for all of eternity. At the end of the seven-year tribulation, he's going to come back. You read Revelation, I've done some series on this before. I'm not going to get into it this morning except just to let you know that once the rapture takes place, the tribulation will begin where there's going to be judgment on the earth for all the <laughs> sins that, that have been piling up. And the righteousness of God is going to be mixed with the sins of man and his wrath will be poured out. And it's not going to be a pleasant experience. And I hope that not one person within the sound of my voice here today will be here left after the rapture on this earth to experience the tribulation. There's a guarantee that I can give you today at the end of the service to make sure that that won't happen. So stay tuned. But once he gets back, uh, once the seven years is completed, he's going to come back and I'm getting ready to read what's going to happen. And he's going to come and make everything right and new. And he's going to reign and rule on this earth and we will with him for a thousand years in this millennial reign that we, that we read so much about. But I want to read to you Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. Do you know what Revelation calls this rider on the white horse? Listen to this. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. Ah, oh, it just... It just puts chill bumps all over me reading that. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. And he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him. That's us, by the way. Riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Talked about that linen ephod last week, remember? Coming out of his mouth as a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. And he treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thighs, he has this name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. And his name is Jesus Christ. He's also known as faithful and true. Our Redeemer is faithful and true. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today, folks. We're on the winning side. Jesus is coming back soon. What I just read is going to happen. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a comic book. It's not a superhero. Jesus is the ultimate superhero, and he's true, and he's, he's real. He's going to come and wipe out everything that is sinful and evil, and he's going to come and reign and rule in righteousness. And he's going to complete his faithfulness by making all things new for all of eternity. Our Redeemer was faithful and true in the past. Amen? We can reflect on that with certainty. Our Redeemer is faithful and true in the present. And it's fresh and new every morning, his faithfulness for you and me. Our Redeemer will be faithful and true in the future because he's going to finish what he began and we can count on it. Mm. We're on the winning side, folks. We can trust that in all things and at all times, Jesus is faithful and Jesus is true. One hundred percent. Would you stand with me this morning?
Bow your heads in prayer, if you will. Father, we thank you today that you have been faithful in our lives. We can look back with 2020 crystal clear precision that the things that we didn't understand at the time, why we were going through them. We look back on many of those things that have kind of been resolved now. And we say, wow, Lord, I see your fingerprints all over that thing. You never left me. You never forsook me. You were faithful and you were true in those most challenging times in my life. Time and time again, consistently faithful. Lord, today, as we're in the midst of this upheaval in our world, as we see the end times quickly uh, the prophecies being fulfilled right before our eyes quickly. And the end times were right at the, were right at the right at the end. Right just seconds before your return. Just seconds before that trumpet sounds. Just seconds before the rapture. But Lord, we're in the midst of it. We're, we're, we're living it. We're experiencing it. It's, it's difficult. It's challenging. Our, our nest is, is prickly. We're, we're hungry. We're, we're uncomfortable. We're not sure what to do. Lord, you want us to soar like an eagle. You're, you're making things uncomfortable for us because how we are now is not how we need to be. What's worked up to this point is not what's going to work tomorrow. This walk that we have with you, this relationship, this interaction, this, this, this service to you, this, this life that we have in you is good, but you want it to be great. You want to promote us. There's a greater greatness and a higher height that you have for us. More impact, more effectiveness, more influence. Use us, Lord God, but we, we're not ready. Lord, you're, you're trying to get us uncomfortable. You're stirring our nest up. You're, you're divinely intervening and disrupting our lives. You're, you're still faithful in all of this. You're not removing your hand of, of blessing from us because you hate us. You're, just like you did with Job, Lord, you, you allowed it because there was something in Job's life, something about you that needed to come to the surface. And Lord, Job was blessed again. We thank you for that. And we know that you're going to continue to watch over us and bless us. But Lord, we also understand that the criteria for you being faithful is not a blessed life. It's just that you're just faithful and you're wanting us to grow in that. So, Lord, as we're getting our nest uncomfortable, and it's this divine disruption taking place in the world. And there's, there's no escaping. And there's no nation we can go to. There's no rock that we can hide under. There's nothing that we can do about it except just to rest that you are faithful. And that in this, you're trying to move us into those higher heights with you we need to soar like an eagle we need to run and not grow weary we need to walk and not faint but the only way that we can do that is if we is if we allow you to get us out of that nest of comfort that we're in so lord we we say all right lord whatever it takes here show us what that looks like where am i to soar what's the heights that i need to soar what's that greater influence that greater impact what is it that you're preparing me for because we thank you that you were faithful in that season in my life. But now, Lord, we need you to be faithful in this current season where it seems like that we don't even know what tomorrow holds. 
all the news is breaking out, the different things that are happening. It's happening so quickly, it's overwhelming to us, but it's not overwhelming to you. So Lord, we rest in your faithfulness, that you're true, that you're faithful and true, and you're showing us something in you that needs to be realized and also something in us that needs to get out. So Lord, be faithful in that. Lord, we also look to the day that you're coming back and the ultimate faithfulness, the ultimate promotion, the ultimate heights that we're going to enjoy is going to be an eternity with you. But Father, don't let us ever look to those things in the future and steal away from what you would have us to do today. That we would be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Father, forgive us for that. Yeah, we look forward to heaven one day. We know that you're still in control. You've got all this. You've got it. But Lord, today, those mercies that are new, your faithfulness that's new, that freshness that's new, Father, is to be shared with others that are starving, that need that freshness that you're providing for us. So whatever that looks like, Father, we would grab someone to the left and to the right and not let them go and tell them about Jesus. We thank you that you were faithful. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that you will be faithful because faithfulness is who you are. Our Redeemer. You're faithful. You're true. You're 100%. Lord, we lay these things at your feet that are bigger than us but not bigger than you. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord God, to see what that looks like to get to them higher heights, to soar. Show us. It's an individual thing but also it's a corporate thing. Father, we want that. This uncomfortableness is not because you hate us, but it's because you want to promote us. So what does that look like? Show us, Holy Spirit. We're open to it. Help us to be obedient to it as well as you walk us in this path of growth that you're putting us through right now. Individually, as a church, as the church, let the church grow up. Let the church be the church in these last days that you call us to be. Make our nest prickly for your glory. Hallelujah. 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 It's a tough prayer to pray, Lord, but we mean it. We made it. You've already made it prickly, so, okay. We're not going to try to throw some more feathers in there <laughs> and, and make it make it soft again Lord this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes so what does that look like for us we're, we're going to walk that path that you're leading us hallelujah thank you Lord higher heights greater greatness soar in the name of Jesus soar in the name of Jesus church soar like an eagle in the name of Jesus to those higher heights that he has for you and for all of us today we receive it and with every eye closed and head bowed, I told you in a moment ago, a few moments ago, that before we dismiss you today, I was going to give you an opportunity to make sure that you don't miss the rapture. Because the Bible says that Jesus is coming back for his bride. His bride is those that have been washed clean in the blood of the Lamb, that have had their sins forgiven, that are in relationship with Jesus. So Christians, if you'll pray and just intercede for souls right now, I want to give an opportunity, an extension, an invitation to, uh, to those of you that maybe are not sure. If that if the trumpet were to sound right now, because the Bible says there's going to be a trumpet blast that's going to take place. It's going to, all this is going to happen just, just like I'm snapping my fingers. You're not going to have time to think about it. It's going to be, it's going to be done with before it, almost before it begins. Because the Bible says it's in the twinkling of an eye. That's 
quicker than anything, anybody can do anything about it. So now is the time to make the decision, not while it's happening, and certainly not after. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. So Christians, as you pray, with the eye closed, head bowed, just intercede right now in the spirit because souls are hanging in the balance. And you're watching here from home as well or wherever you're watching this. I, I extend this invitation to you as well. This invitation is simply just to say, Pastor Brian, I, I want to make sure that I'm in right relationship with Jesus today. I, I want to make sure that my sins are forgiven. I want to make sure that I'm in... Uh, that, I'm, that I'm good, that, I, that, that, I, that I've established a relationship with Jesus, that I'm walking with Him, that I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb, that if the trumpet were to sound right now, I would be caught up just like the rest of the bride of Christ. And this, this entire room, my, my goal, my prayer today is, Lord, that this entire room, if the rapture were to take place right now, that this entire room would be vacated of human beings. The way that can happen... Is you make that personal decision. Yeah, but my mom, my dad, my grandma, my grandpa, my aunt, my uncle, they're serving the Jesus. They know Jesus. Doesn't that count for me? Can't I be grandfathered in? No. There's no such thing as being grandfathered into the kingdom. It's a personal decision, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to make that decision on your own and walk that out as an individual. Your mom, your dad, your grandma, grandpa are not going to grab you by the hand in the rapture and try to bring you on up there. It's just not going to happen. They'll be gone. Let's make that decision today. Right now. Let's make sure it's right. I'll pray a prayer with you, but you have to, the Bible says, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is God's Son and believe in your heart that He was risen from the dead. That He's alive today. You, 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 you do those things, you'll be saved. But I want to pray a prayer with you that's simply inviting Jesus into your heart. If that's you this morning, say, Pastor, I want to make sure. Just lift up your hand right now and just make sure I see it. And we'll pray together in just a moment. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else just say, I just want to make sure, Pastor. I want to make sure that if that rapture, if the rapture were to take place today, that I would be caught up. I do not want to be left behind to face this awful tribulation that this world is going to face. Anybody else? There's one person. Anybody else? Lord, I thank that if the rapture were to take place right now, as this one person prays, that this room will be vacated if the rapture were to take place before the end of the service. Are you sure? Are you sure? One more ask. Here it is. Lift up your hand. Get right back down. We'll pray together. I'll just say a prayer with you out loud. Anybody? Okay. I want us to all pray this prayer together whether you raised your hand or not. And I want you to just mean it. Don't let it be just words that come out of your mouth. But know what you're saying this morning. And believe it. Mean it with all your heart. Father God, say this, say this, say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you died for my sins. I need a Savior. I'm making a mess of things. But you can make it right. So I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my, my mistakes. I give you my sins. I lay all of that at your feet. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean in your blood that you shed for my sins. Make me a new creation in you. I'm born again. I'm a new creation. I am saved. I confess you as my Savior and I ask you to be my Lord in every area from this day on I thank you now that I'm a child of God
And I pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Now, Holy Spirit, seal that decision that was made right now. Fill each, each, those, each of those that made that decision with your Holy Spirit, with your power, with an assurance that what just took place was a spiritual transaction that's, that, that's, that's an eternal decision that was made. And Father, I thank you today that this, this salvation is not going to be stolen away. It's not going to be, it's not on uh, viney soil or hard soil or, 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 or weedy soil. But Lord, it's a rocky soil. It's on good fertile soil today. And let it be fruitful, I pray. Each one of us, let us be fruitful in you. And right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us all right now, fresh and new. We need a fresh touch from you. We need a fresh empowering from you. Holy Spirit, empower us. Fill us right now, afresh and new, with your Holy Spirit power. Give us boldness to preach your word, to, sh to, to, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Give us boldness, Lord God, to be the salt and the light that you called us to be. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come right now and fill each one of us afresh and new. We need a fresh touch from you. We need a fresh infilling from you, Holy Spirit. Come right now, I pray. Fill us today. Empower us today to be what you called us to be. And we thank you, Jesus, today that you are faithful, that you are true, that you are dependable, and you can be counted on. And we trust in you, Lord God. They're new every morning. Your mercies are new every morning. Your faithfulness is new every morning. Your goodness is new every morning. We rest in that, Lord Jesus. No matter what it looks like down the road, you are going before us. You're way ahead of us in our life, and you're coming back to meet us where we are. And you're navigating us through all the stuff. Hallelujah. You're faithful and you're true. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen.